The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast, now where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hi there, Rowan. Hello, and let the sun shine in. Or more likely, if you are reading or hearing this live, the moon glow, let that in instead. Now, you know, you're calling that we let, let these bodies, the glow in? Yes. How how might one do that, Rowan? Um it's it's a metaphor. Just drop it. Well, thanks for bringing up the astronomical bodies because I do want to talk about so there is there's this one thing just to just to start off our our show tonight. Many of you I know are looking through the some of the newest Images that we received from the Myers Halstead satellite. So we've we've done a lot of satellite work, me and Tech Brothers, uh, in in the past few weeks, past few months, and we just got some of the highest quality pictures that we have ever taken uh, into deep space with this satellite. I I have been actually following some of these releases of these pictures. They're quite beautiful. Yes, quite beautiful. Uh, unlike many other satellites that have been released we are taking these pictures in a in, in a very specific band we're taking them in the lyman emission spectra which is very different you might see a lot of pictures taken in uh, infrared or in plain plain light photons but we find that the lyman emission has this exceptional quality to give us very accurate results uh, that feel that feel real that feel deeper some say well, uh, there's there's something to be said about using a different spectrum when you're taking photographs like this. Like you said, there's 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 infrared. Sometimes there's microwave, um, radio. All of these sort of ways in which one can look to the heavens. But the the Lyman spectrum is so so unique because it 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 has this this depth, um, and and this the, the grain is so much nicer, and there it really pops. It really, really pops. It, it, it does. It has it, it, many other many of these typical spectrums. They have they have a very coarse grain, but the the Lyman spectrum is known for having a very fine grain, silky smooth, silky smooth grains. And we've seen. I mean, some of my favorites, at least. We've taken so far. We've taken thousands of pictures. We're getting new pictures as the minutes go by. They're flashing on my screen right now as I'm monitoring this the stream. But some of my favorites so far have been the Gata B prime. Uh, the Alto Sax constellation, Freud's lip, and one particular one, which I I almost began to weep when I beheld, but it was it, it was this very very far away uh, astronomical body, the uh, uh, which has been termed only by very brief glimpses uh, by astronomers throughout the years. Uh, one particular. Um, Alf Houston, who who penned these as Houston's Pretty Little Nebulae, and we have finally got in-depth, clear, smooth, earthy, very ethereal, very just perfect pictures of the of Houston's Pretty Little Nebulae. And and it is it is incredible. I would encourage the listener if they're so interested to go and, and look up some of these incredible photographs that are coming out. What, now. what are some of your favorites, Rowan? Well, I happen to like uh, the one of uh, they got in this incredible angle mm-hmm. on 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 Tittleman's cusp. And normally, when you see that picture, 
um, one, it's so out of focus and it's hard to make out, but with this new imagery and they actually, I don't know how they did it, um, but it seems as though there is at least 20 or 30 degrees difference of, of angle on the picture, right. which seems confounding and astounding right. when you consider that this is several hundreds of thousands of light years away. I mean, right. These these satellites, they take pictures at the op, the, the most optimal times, accounting for for uh, a relativistic activity with the photons to get the really the best angles we can. I've also been um, taking a look at uh, some pictures of um, probably one of my uh, most favorite uh, astronomical uh, bodies, and that is, of course, the um, the dancers of Vesuvian. Um, and the, the, the dances of Vesuvian, yes, of it course. goes, it goes back to this epic poem that was written by a unidentified, um, uh, some sort of, some sort of, um, uh, Scotchman, I believe. Right. In the, uh, in the 16th century. Exactly. And in that it, it describes the, um, these, uh, uh, these, uh, how do you even describe them? Imagine a spider with instead of spider legs it had a, a woman's legs and where the feet were were spiders with legs that were a woman's legs right i, I believe and I, then I'm... and then on those the foot was itself a spider right if i'm but if instead I'm... of spider if i'm recalling the original text i believe it was more poetic than this but I believe that that was the gist of of it, sort of in a, uh, you know, in, in that in that classic Scottish wit as we have come to know and love. And it, this this form this um this body absolutely um resembles that um so incredibly. Um, every picture that comes out is absolutely transcendent, beautiful. Right. Um, it, it almost seems like it's we are on the web, awaiting this this body to approach us and. Uh, and engage us in as a spider might, as a dancing spider truly might, or as a dancing woman ought to, perhaps. Uh, but uh, that is a um, yes. It, it, I, with with um, we could talk about this all day. We, could, we really could. We, it's there's so much. I mean, so I'm getting more out. pictures. They're they're flashing by. I yeah. Um, but I do believe it's time to get to the 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 news this evening. Um, yes. This uh, this week in Eureka moments, as it were. Yes. Um, I, this week in specifically. Uh, your Eureka moments, Rowan. I, I believe you have a, a very special story that you've brought to us. I mean, this, when, when I heard about this, uh, of course I heard about it uh, uh, through typical channels, but it looks like you went into a great deal of research into uh, some of the, the you know, some of the deeper science of this topic. So why don't you tell us about, about your story this week? Um, absolutely. I would love from to the talk about it. spirit sciences. Well, this is actually from um, not so much the spirit sciences as it is from uh, the world of physiology and wellness and nutrition, actually, as a matter of fact. So uh, there's a new study that has come out, uh, or really a meta-analysis, if you will, of... Um, a number of records that go back to um, hot dog eating competitions. And with these data sets in this meta-analysis, uh, top physiologists, nutritionists, and um, uh, computer scientists work together to model for the first time the projected hot dog eating records from now I do love for to hear, the next hundred years. I do love to hear about an interdisciplinary project like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially one that ta that is tackling such um, issues of importance and right. magnitude. Uh, issues that we we live in, that we could possibly engage with as, as citizens, as people. Absolutely. I absolutely. see hot dogs all of the time, and I, I am curious what is the science behind these? I see, I, as, as do I, um, even across the street from the Simon Amy Spirit, uh, Spirit uh, Science um, campus, or one of them, mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a hot dog stand. And I, when I was doing my graduate studies, I would often sit in the park with my, my work, my, my various um, notebooks and tabards mm -hmm. and vials and um, flasks and what have you. Right. And I, but I, I wish would... I could picture this, but however, I do not know exactly what you look like. Well, and, and that that is by design. Um, although uh, um, I am 
also i do not know what you that's neither here nor there i think it's better we we keep this casual i would oftentimes sit and watch the individuals who would go to the hot dog stand and and they would get one they would get two they'd get three and they'd just keep eating them and going back for more and at a certain point i wondered is there is there a limit you like you like newton below an apple tree observe but below the below the max below the stand the hot dog stand mm-hmm. uh, observing and questioning why these citizens these these people these students keep coming back what attraction what force brings them to the hot dog cart well it was more a question of um it was less a question of why they were going there and more of of how were they going there how are they continuing to go back despite um to me it seemed like quite large amounts of hot dogs being consumed in such a time small time frame mm. so it's a water point this has always been I've, I've always found this quite interesting and this is an, a very interesting development too, because now uh, there is some empirical, uh, data-driven science that can that can give us a peek into the future of um, hot dog consumption in the context of professional um, eating, and uh, it, much in the way one would study Olympians to understand the upper limits of human. Um, athleticism and right. and health and what have you um these professional eaters offer an excellent glimpse into what ideal nutrition and um looks like mm-hmm. just based on the fact that they are doing so much of it right and um as a further point um the listener might be the listeners even might be asking themselves well, what do hot dogs have to do with it? I, I, there's you know, the human body consumes so many more things than hot dogs. Um, I was in, thinking the same thing, Rowan. Even if only in terms of variety and not pure volume, uh, there are so many other things that are eaten by a, an individual, um, even a Chicagoan, that are not hot dogs. Right. There are upwards of three or four other food items. Absolutely, absolutely. But what needs to be understood is is that the. Uh, um, the hot dog, right? Much like a fruit fly or a uh, a C. elegans worm, um, it is a model organism, right? A, mo- so a model organism, in a way, in a way, the, yes. the perfect organism for doing this study. It it, it ex- it's very um, considered very widely easy to extrapolate. Mm. Um, so, but to get back to the study, these scientists determined. Um, based on some data sets, some very old data sets from the Nate's Mustard Yellow Belt, the Maxwell Street Pushki Polish Pound Down, and the Gettysburg Formal, among many others. They took the these data. Are, these are events from, from the larger, the larger uh, historical displays of, of this athleticism. Yes, correct, correct. These are um, uh, particularly well-noted um Examples, right? Um, I believe the Gettysburg Formal is, in fact, in a the Library of Congress. That data set, I, I, it is, it is um, certainly um, held there and actually held in front of there um, as well. But that's, but that, once again, that's that's not necessarily that's neither here nor there because um, the, oh, so many of these data sets got put together, and ultimately, they what they determined they were able to do is to uh, build a function, put together a, a mathematical function mm-hmm. that plots um uh, high end um medium medium end and low end projections for possible hot dog consumption fascinating from now until um uh, 2120 as that's, it were that's some extreme ex- extrapolation yeah and well the, the, the it is worth noting that they did determine that there is an upper limit um really? to the consumption um once again these these data sets go back about a century but you know what they showed is is that there has been an inc- increase up until now um but they do project a peak at some point and uh the peak is expected to occur at the year in the year 2074 give or take two or three years mm-hmm. um where they are expecting that a person a and this is the mid-range not the professional eater mm. or the the um the individual who cannot eat as much this right. is what the average they these scientists project the average individual will be able to eat mm-hmm. and that is 100 and 23 and a half hot dogs in 10 minutes 
I this may be because of our standards today, but that sounds like a an in inimagin unimaginable amount of hot dogs, <laughs> an unimaginable amount of meat to be sitting in one's gullet. Well, it, it, how long would that take to leave the digestive system? Well, is my I, question. I, I don't have any information on that, but consider this: um, the world record holder for um, hot dog consumption in the, just as few ago as the the mid nineteen eighties mm -hmm. was sitting at about twelve. 15 hot dogs in 10 minutes right as of today it is considered among the professional eaters um so uh, high-end amateur low-end professional eaters right. 55 hot dogs in 10 minutes in 10 minutes in 10 minutes is it so inconceivable that we could see another um double. doubling another right. doubling in 50 years i don't think it is i really don't think it is and it's so wonderful too because i think this is an excellent example of how the human body truly has no limits you did say that there was a limit however do you did the scientists in in this study provide any reason that this limit exists that this peak exists no uh it it, it was just a um something based in the calculations they do i'm i'm no i'm no mathematician or right. math magician for that matter so but i i i so I'm, no whiz I'm, I, I i'm really not sure no but human calc i think that Time will show that that is a artifact of the data set. I think as these the data continues to pile on, I think we'll see that plateau get pushed back and back and back and mm -hmm. back and back until it's clear, because it's abundantly clear to me, that the human spirit can overcome anything. So you you have doubts about the the projections. I think they um I think they they seem accurate within the short to midterm right and i think in the long term these are um woefully um under absolutely perhaps uh, perhaps these scientists didn't account for typical hot dog fluctuations in the data well that's actually a very interesting question i would love to sit down with these scientists and ask them about for example how they accounted for things like um, the changing size of hot dogs, the volume of the right. hot dogs, the fact that some are filled with cheese, the some that the 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 thermal expansion and contraction, as opposed to the various body temperatures yeah. of individuals, I, I feel like these must all be taken to into account. Right. But, um, and I mean the the revolution. I understand that there was a revolution in hot dog eating when uh, one realized that they could dip the bun in water to consume it faster. We can't expect. I mean, I would expect further innovation in this process to be made in the future as as do i but um this once again i think this goes to show that um i i'll take it back uh there there may or may not be a limit to the human spirit the human body mm -hmm. but i don't think we're gonna be there for a long time and that fills me with hope that fills me with a lot of hope well thank you for that rowan absolutely no Thanks problem excellent expose into the human body at its peak. This is what peak performance looks like and will be in the next 70 years. Now it's time to talk about some of the some of the, some very some things I am very excited about. Some things that have to do with Tech Brothers. And this is my this weekend in Eureka Moments. And this is about Tech Brothers uh, education initiative and how it is being updated with these new added satellites. Tech Brothers has reached a new milestone. We have successfully launched a one it, it, totaling them all up, we have successfully launched one satellite per child living in the city of Chicago. That is, that is thousands of satellites up there. Each one could be linked directly to a specific child. Um, us, with the help of Trisec, uh, were able to accomplish this mission, which a few years ago was thought to be impossible, improbable, especially in the this short time frame. Tech Brothers. Uh, Edu Labs have been working on uh, specifically shell optimization for children using these satellites. If you don't know what a shell is, a shell is is sort of a, a, a link between, it's a direct link between 6 to 12 children via these almost satellite avatars, these satellite uh, uh, mainframes. We are living in a newer normal, as, as we've discussed in the past. Of course, yes. And it requires a newer... A, uh, a newer education regime, a, a, a newer common core. And this is part of that newer common core.
part of the the idea behind developing the Guy 5 network, as you may or may not know, was it was designed to enhance the experiences of linking software um, to hardware uh, to human uh, um, beings. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I could. Um, I, I think. I think. I, uh, um, there was a lot to take in there. Right. A lot going on. There is a lot going on. I'm glad you brought that up, Rowan. So let me go a little bit further yeah, into. Um, no, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just need one moment. One moment. Um, th- th- these. This new. This new. This new. The new premise for this is that these satellites. It's it's a virtual. It is a virtual classroom. Let, let me let me get into that. Yes, as as we know, the newer Common Core is 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 going more online these days, yes. just because it's more it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. The reason that these satellites are there in the first place. The reason we wanted so many satellites up so fast, as we talked about, one satellite per child is now a child has a direct link to a service. In very dedicated service that would enhance their education. And and what what does this offer um, that a laptop or a cell phone could not? Well, here is the thing: the the ability and the optimization of the linking is key here. Hmm. With these satellites, what we are able to do is we are able to not just match up students based on their uh, certain demographics or certain locations, certain interests, or just just because they happen to be put in the same class because they're the same age, we are able to to map out and connect and link students in these shells um, in an optimized fashion, matching based on meta-language styles, body types, and, of course, gut bacteria, which is, plays an important part in the educational model uh, of a child. Well, that's a, well that, is, I, that I can agree with. Uh, scientific research tells us that there is no better way to encourage students to learn in a safe way and have uh, and and really understand and gain trust in each other which is important for an educational framework uh, than is having a shared experience it, 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 we see it in the data over and over again the data proves it that ha- living a shared experience helps especially children truly understand and and identify with one another so where do the satellites come in to all of this because once again this this all seems as if though it could be handled through um not a satellite well this is the issue there there's a huge amount of processing power that we expect to go into developing a lived in true experience it takes a lot of work to make sure that a child and in fact a group of children in this case lives an entire sheltered life experiencing only the same uh, natural and synthetic stimuli um, as as every other child in that one shell and this is why every single satellite hopefully we haven't in fact uh, has started carrying this out yet but the idea is that each of these satellites will in fact create a generated world where a student could learn and engage and triumph with their teammates uh, entirely encased in this satellite which is able to map their educational styles and their bodies and the group dynamic in an optimized way. Uh, when you say when you and say encased by these satellites, do you how, how are they are the children being put in the satellites? Not I, well, in is is a very is a very confusing word there. The children's bodies will not be put inside of the satellites, but I mean, in the same way that as I'm talking to you now, I'm giving a bit of myself, my attention, my personality mm-hmm. to you via Guy Five satellites. Mm-hmm. In that same way, it's it's important, it's essential that a child's focus is dedicated to the environment created by the satellite. This is how we expect the newer Common Core to function. With satellites. With satellites. And one satellite per child. I mean, this is... I, I am grateful that we were able to carry this out. But I know we're, we're running a little low on time. I know you probably have a lot of questions, Rowan. But I do have one question for you. I actually want to play a game with you this time. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, as, a, as the media disruption developer, I've noticed that... Uh, People tend to respond positively to things when they're put into into game framework. So I'm going to put this into a game framework for you. Okay, this sounds wonderful. So this is a game called What Will They Think Of Next? Okay. So here is the news story. I know this is one that we've been keeping under the table. So I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to give you three options. And I want you to complete the news story. Scientists have recently fully 
have recently developed fully integratable systems that may make robots capable of having A, a growing mindset, B, toxic masculinity, or C, fetish. Hmm. In terms of let what, me see, yeah, let me hear, let me hear your thought process. What, oh well, um, with let's. I think this is actually a wonderful opportunity. Why don't we take the break, and I can think about it, mm. and we'll come back, and I will give you my answer. We can meditate on it. Uh, we can do this in lieu of meditation. <laughs> really, I will allow it. I will allow it. Excellent. Um, I want everybody out there listening right now to be thinking over whether you think we have successfully generated inside of a robot the capability of having A, a growing mindset, B, toxic masculinity, or C, fetish. Uh, right now, this is a great opportunity. Don't look it up. I'm, please do not look it up. Well, um, uh, we will be back. Exercising creative, critical, logical, systematic, sequential thinking. Um, and, and, which is uh, admirable in a way. In a way, it's a it's it's a form of meditation. Well, we're going to be taking a short station break uh, while you think about that. Um, please uh, stay tuned for more Eureka Cast now. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. And it's time for our special feature this week. Well, not before we discuss what we left up on. Oh, of course. Now, if you don't recall, the question was, we were playing a game. We've been playing a game this entire time called What Will They Think Of Next? And, and the prompt was, scientists have recently developed fully integratable systems that may make robots capable of having A, a growth mindset, B, toxic masculinity, and C, a fetish. Well, I don't know much about robotics, but I do know about training animals. Mm -hmm. um, not that we call it training animals. We call it imprinting on animals. But Fostering um, a partnership in, with animals. In, in, in terms of what I would like to see, I'd like to believe it was a growth mindset mm. um, that was be able to put in robots. But um, from my own experience with animals, imprinting animals, mm -hmm. quote-unquote training animals, I think a fetish is much more likely. Right. That usually is what you end up when you attempt to train um, intelligences. I like, I like your thought process. Would you like to hear the answer? Rowan? I'd love to hear their answer. All three. Wow. And now it's time to move on to the special feature. The special feature tonight is, uh, I thought it's very important. We've gotten a lot of questions over the past uh, about how to start a laboratory. How do you join a laboratory? What is my work? What is Tech Brothers and what does it mean from a an economic scale? And we've gotten a lot of uh, questions about the investments being made by Tech Brothers and, and that whole thing. And not a Really? Yes. <laughs> Uh, w w where people fair enough fair enough um people are because tech brothers has been so successful in the science and technology sphere uh and it and it ultimately comes down to investment so this is going to be a special feature the science behind investing and this is going to be for all the econo geeks out there if you're an econo geek, if you're a finance nerd, this is going to be the segment for you. When we go over what Tech Brothers has developed, what they've learned throughout their investing history, and how I, as a disruption developer, have played a little bit of a part in it as well. I don't necessarily believe in economics. I, I, I think that it's a pseudoscience akin mm. to most forms of astrology um and early people, phrenology for example many people agree would would agree with you and, and perhaps if i didn't have such confidence in the processes that tech brothers has developed i would think the same way that you would well but we have the data to back okay my question to you would be yes. what has an economist ever invented what is it that is a really good question. I'm, I'm just, you know, I. But this I, is the thing. I, I don't want to cast aspersions on your special future right. because this is a special future you brought forward. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why we, why we would on this show, which is about important, actionable, empirical things right. like coding and gamification and spirit science. Mm -hmm. Why are we giving a platform to something so mushy and pseudoscientific as e economics? Because, and here's the, here's the answer to your question. Econ e economists, they don't necessarily develop 
anything, any code, any system, but what they do develop is protocol. And we're going to get into that right now. So many people, to start off, many people think that because of the great work that Tech Brothers is doing, uh, they think that Tech Brothers is a nonprofit or, or some largely grant-funded organization. And while some sectors of Tech Brothers, Tech Brothers is a large organization with their hands in a lot of different areas, uh, many sectors, for many sectors that is true in the Tech Brothers brand, Tech Brothers as an umbrella corporation, let's call it, uh, is not. And that, that's a blatantly incorrect thing to think uh well that, that 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 puts things rather interesting with regards to the state of the show as well um it really it really doesn't and it, i will go into that uh, a little it, more. no 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 see tech brothers is what is called a a an n-a-l-l or a non-applicable liability laboratory meaning as an operation the organization makes a profit um, because, but it, it really can only do so. It can only make a profit. By definition, Tech Brothers can only make a profit due to irrevocable ties and contracts with nearly all agencies and, benef and benefactor benefactories, uh, many different government bodies in and outside of the United States. Uh, Tech Brothers is sort of a government in itself. Um, a government is, is sort of a non-applicable liability laboratory as, as well. But we really focus on the laboratory part. Um, it's just—it's really just a matter of speaking. How much profit uh, is produced by by Tech Brothers? You know, that—that's really the only thing that we can control. We don't—we cannot possibly lose money. We can only make money. I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm afraid you've—you've you've lost me a little bit there. Excellent, and that is exactly the position I want you to be in right now, Rowan. Oh. Because it's time to build up your knowledge about economics. Uh, the major market asset that Tech Brothers has that has landed at this distinction is Marx. And what does that stand for? Marx stands for Market Analysis Real-Time Complex. The Market Analysis Real-Time Complex is a polystructural differential AI complex that revolutionizes uh, what it means to be a market property. This is the protocol. This is the advanced complex of, of things all wrapped up into this one specific protocol that has effectively made Tech Brothers all of its money. It was early iterations of Marx were actually the the process the the invention the invention that uh landed tech brothers the capital to create early guy uh, guy fi networks uh and other notable tech brothers uh, properties what does it do i will go into that you know what right now rowan what are some of your favorite tech brothers properties i, I see you know just this is just a fun a fun thing i happen to um well I, product is a tricky word one because um, and that's why I said property oh that's fair that's very fair um let's see uh um how do you feel about algo brew I I um <clears throat> I got the boxes mm -hmm. I did receive those boxes uh we did send a care package over with all of the all of the hits uh, yes and there was a lot of very interesting stuff in it which um I was very excited to try out. Mm -hmm. Did um, you try out Manclave? Well, that's the thing. Uh, I was very excited to try it out. And then somehow, I think there was a mix-up with, you know, packages coming in, packages going out mm. at the Institute, and it ended up at the bottom of the Chicago River. Really? You're telling me you didn't even get your customizable crossbow? You know, um, I'm unfortunately... Uh, once again, I, I think there was someone new working there, perhaps an intern, and all of that. Um, after, after of course, the generous donation of all of the laboratory equipment, um, we've right. been having problems with mail, um, packages, well, bills, etc. Luckily, luckily, despite the fact that these these uh, these shipments are now at the bottom of you said the Chicago River, I believe so. Uh, luckily, there's one thing that's certainly untouched, even by all that weathering, and those are the Astro pranks, specifically designed pranks that sustain all of the harsh environments in space well um that will hmm that's good so to you hear. can go get those anytime you want to i will i will talk with uh i'll talk with some of my uh, peers right uh, so so uh this specific marx back to marx uh marx is tied uh is tied to the uh the tech brothers market labs 
it is distributed right now. Its new iteration is distributed all over the brick length, all over our our specific proprietary network, and is overseen and fine tuned by Tech Brothers Market Labs. But let's talk a little bit about, about what Marx is and does, and how it generates so much capital. Y- yes, please, please. I, I would love to hear more about this. So the system acts as as both a market property tied uh, to the capital generated by Tech Brothers. If you try to look through the market for a Tech Brothers property, one doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is, in fact, Marx. So it is it is the capital property that is tied to Tech Brothers. But at the same time, Marx is also a living investor. Uh, we like to think of it as sort of like a massive multi-investor me, uh, mutual fund, which cuts down the barriers to profit um, by automating the market itself. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Am I misunderstanding this when you're saying that this is a fund that invests itself, some sort of market entity that is self-regulating? Well, it is, it is a fund that exists. Mm-hmm. That is both a stock option and both uh, both an optional capital item proprietary item and also one that invests in other properties i this hmm this okay let's tell you how that works in 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 the course of something a little bit more a little bit more you know that you can grasp your teeth into a little bit that that would be wonderful i because this is this is um i've I've never had much of a mind for uh financial then then just listen up this is going to explain everything okay please please so all investors become effectively employees of the company all employees are thereby investors and it assumes ownership of all securities profits stocks liabilities and assets generated collected or produced by these investors who are also employees um and then it, of course, predicts successes, learns from failures, and generally acts according to what is best for itself, best for its investors, and makes the most profit from that. I, 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 I do not feel as if, though, I understand that any better this time around. Hmm. Let me let me try a little bit better then. Uh, you can kind of think of Marx as even though it, even in the past, from the onset, which was a very, relatively simple system compared to what it is now. Um, it was skyrocketing investments, but really the thing that put it on the map was that Marx uh, developed a standard uh, introducing the idea of eigeninvestments, where Marx would be able to invest as a company, as an entity, would be able to invest in all stocks, bonds, and securities at the same time, but would wait to see, basically would wait to see which ones would, would profit and which ones would fail. And ultimately, at the end, you would find that Marx had only invested in the successful ones. I, w- and the more people that are a part of Marx, the more employees that it has, employees being just people that own stock and oftentimes produce uh, goods and services for the Tech Brothers, uh, N-A-L-L, um, they are the ones that are profiting from this. Uh, so... Um, so, so does Tech Brothers own Marx, or does Marx? Uh, I'm, I'm very. Well, tech, see, this is the thing. From a market capital perspective, Tech Brothers is Marx. Okay, all right, interesting, very interesting. And Marx is all of its employees and investors. So how? How there's regulatory issues, are there not? There, the, the with the FTC and and not that I I support necessarily those those institutions. Oh, but you you can be confident that Marx does fulfill all regular regulatory issues that all regulatory laws, all issues. In reality, this is a hyper legal system, a hyper legal protocol. Any any economist will tell you that this is right off the books. This is something that we can do, and in fact, if anything, it is only bringing more capital to investors, some of whom are uh, member are eff- effectively government bodies themselves, thus bringing more capital to uh, to really all people. So, is there is there a um, an an individual at the at the top the, that that controls this um, this apparatus this uh, this re uh, recirculating reproducing um, in, investment fund? Is there something that controls this um, an, or an individual? That is a great question, Rowan, and the answer is no. This is a fully auto. It wouldn't be a fully automated market tool if that was the case. In fact, nobody is in charge of this. As I said, only Tech Brothers Market Labs has the authority 
and really the know-how to fine-tune the the protocol which is distributed over the BrickLink. And, and so um, let's, I suppose the question now is, I still don't fully understand this. I, I, um, I self-identify as a tax-exempt church, mm-hmm. so I do not do taxes. I have no investments. Um, I do not participate in the market economy to the level that I can avoid it. So none of this makes any sense, and frankly, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But for the sake of this discussion, how, how much are we talking in terms of how, uh, how wide-ranging is this, this market device, this, mar- this market apparatus? Well, think of the market. Okay, I'm thinking of it. There's Mark's. Marx really is, in a way, a byproduct, uh, pseudo-existing off of the market. It's a very, very powerful tool that leverages really all of the economic and uh, and technological knowledge we've gained as a as an organization, as a company, over the course of these many years the Tech Brothers has been in existence. Hmm. Are you ready to hear about my involvement? in this specific technology i mean i would love to know how much of this to hold you accountable for certainly of course now unfortunately i was i was not there for the onset of of marks for the development of marks i besides being an investor myself because i i am an employee and in some ways because uh i do believe some stock options were sent over to uh simon simon amy's institute of spirit sciences simon amy is in, in in a sense a member, an employee, as a result of being an investor as well. I, I'm, I'm possibly going, Simon Amy themselves. I, it's, um, it's also distinctly possible those also ended up at the uh, bottom of Lake Michigan, or excuse me, the bottom of the Chicago River. Then possibly and, the and Chicago the River Lake, and or Lake Michigan. <laughs> and possibly these bodies of water are part of it as well. And they're they're going to see a mighty paycheck coming their way. It sounds like. Uh, but my specific now, in reality, even though I feel like I've talked a lot about this program and I, I feel like I've gotten everybody out there to a point where they kind of understand what it is, at least the basic idea of it. Um, but in reality, the full the full algorithms, the full protocol, nobody really can wrap their mind around it just because it's based on so many, so many complex, uh, complex ideas. Um, I have been working on using disruption out al- what i understand which are disruption algorithms okay to to see whether i can apply this is my theory that i can apply disruption algorithms and classes and libraries to the Marx system to be, uh, make it better and do cooler things with it effectively we have all of this we have all of this collateral why not try interesting things out with it i say so so what you're what i'm, I'm sorry what's just one step backwards mm-hmm. this is a market tool that um has well, it's more of a system market system protocol perhaps yes it's more of a protocol, that that has say. that it has a great deal of um influence and uh, can affect the market very strongly because it's a large part of it. Correct. We, uh, well, the it is the market. So it is the market. Yes, in in a sense, and, it exists uh, and it watches the market and it only makes the best investments from that market. And but it's and there is no individual that one that is fully autonomous. It runs itself. Right. And no Optimally. one, no one understands how to operate it or go in, even if they needed to. Well, they do, but who would really want? I mean, you know, you get the right minds on it. You could probably rip this thing completely out of the system. I wouldn't put it past them, but certainly nobody would want to do that. It's just it's making so much money. Well, I I suppose that is, and really, isn't that what you want? It's not what I want, but um, I know a great deal of people do want. That. Oh, excellent! So you don't want that. You don't want a lot of money. Then he listen listen to what I was able to do. Um, so at first, I developed, I used, <laughs> I, I I developed a marks. I, I I got a, a authorization to take marks and create pseudos of marks and and test out the distrip the. Of course, I test things out. Test out these disruptive uh, algorithms on rat economies. Okay. And I was able to you know cheeses and. Uh, parents and mazes and things like that things and, that rats and these are physical rats yes of course just like we're physical people that exist in an economy these are physical rats well, that exist f- in their economy finally something i understand yes 
So I was able to test and verify that disruption economies, when rats are put into a, uh, when rats are placed into an economy that is based off of Marx, just like our economy sort of is, um, I was able to, you know, find find that these disruption algorithms would in fact work. So what I did was, um, at a certain point, I got all the all the correct uh, uh, authorizations, all the permissions to go over to market laboratories and implement at various places at various times. Of my of my uh, of my choosing, these disruption these disruption algorithms, and I was able to, I I well you know my theory was that I could effectively sink a company using this these disruption algorithms. Interesting. Marx, of course, exists with the market. It doesn't affect the market generally. The only way it does affect the market is when Tech Brothers releases a new property or something like that. Um, that that you know by definition because marx is tech brothers uh would change the market in some way yeah uh, it's the um the observers uh interference right. sort of situation right however due to the exceptional power i was able to putting in these disruption protocols i was able to tank in fact several market options particularly that of prairie city dynamics which we talked about last week oh wow Right, and, and that's that is um, really quite fascinating. How applicable are, generally speaking, rat economies to human economies? Is it a direct correlation, or is it much simpler? Well, yes, the rat economies are much much simpler. I would say for every every person that exists in a regular economy, the rat accounts for maybe a large. You can think of a rat as almost like a sector mm. in an economy. And Marx would just then be sort of the the maze itself that they live in. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. What um are there plans to um, implement these these disruption protocols in any major way? Um, is there any discussion of how that might even be done uh, in a macroeconomic sort of situation? So far, not really. No. Yeah, it's we've carried out the experiments. We've proved that we were able to do it, and we got some pretty exciting results. And, you know, sometimes science is just for exploring and experimenting. Sometimes science is meant to be lived and not reproduced. I understand yes. that. I understand that completely. What? And this has been the science of investing. I hope everybody learned something about the economy and, and where to invest and when to invest and, and things, things like that. Maybe they got a, a little bit more of an idea about how investing works and, and how to do it according to science. I hope so as well. I hope that is what people got out of this. Because mm -hmm. I have not. I have not. There are, however, scientists out there. There we're are. Coming, we're coming closer to the end of the show. And there are scientists out there who are doing their own citizen science. Mm -hmm. Great people out there that are taking what they have. Perhaps they do not have access to the market itself. Maybe they have access to their own personal markets. Maybe their store down the street is their market. But they are still capable of doing their own science, thinking their own thoughts and testing their own theories. And and, and that is where much of the truest science comes from yes. in a lot of ways. This is the where... The basest science. Um, absolutely. And it is interesting that you would bring up the term basis science because this is about bases in the chemical sense. Fascinating. Uh, I do not have a source give for us, this. Yeah, give, us the, give us the citizen science. I do not have the source for this particular citizen science, but I saw it and um, I was not only um, immediately drawn to the, the, the practicality of this information, but also how in layman's, in a, this is proven in lame, in, but in scientific studies, especially some of the ones that I have been right. participated in, been at his subject in, and, um, it, conducted it, by the Spirit Sciences Institute, among others, among, um, but, but they. Uh, this is a layman's rendering of such a, um, right. a really influential, important discussion right. or result. So, <clears throat> one tablespoon of baking soda, known as sodium bicarbonate. That is correct. I'm, that's my my own addition. That it, it is, is known yes. as sodium bicarbonate. Right. In a glass of water every day is a real-life savior. <laughs> it removes all kinds of metals from your body, kills bacteria, viruses, and cancer cells. 
alkalizes the body and brings the pH level back to normal, it super boosts your immune system and even removes EMF radiation known as electromagnetic radio and microwave radiation. Now, is this true as well, Rowan? Is that what that EMF stands for? Absolutely. Okay. Um, And you can test this at home if you're so interested. Um, Take your cell phone if you own one. I do not. Um, and turn off mobile data, right. put it on Wi-Fi, uh-huh. put it in a jar right. of sodium bicarbonate table right. soda, table, or baking soda, right. dissolved in water, Of course. put it in there, the phone will shut off. It will get absolutely no reception whatsoever. When do we put this in the microwave? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, go finish that citizen science around, please. So if you are very sensitive to cell towers, Wi-Fi, mobile phones, and whatnot, then baking soda can save your life. Amazing. I, you should try this at home, uh, uh, Kai. I should try this at home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the citizen clearly tried this at home. I don't have. A, I do not own a microwave or a cell phone, so I think. I think you you could be. Um, well, Tech Brothers has some of the scientists. best microwaves and cell phones. Uh, by all means, you should do this and report back to us. Right, and thanks thanks to the Guy Five Guy Five Network, it will be entirely safe. I like to close our show as I always do with a quote by a well known, well regarded, and possibly even one of my. Uh, oftentimes just one of my favorite uh, scientists, inventors, uh, technologists, and, and general eureka people out there. This is a quote by Alhiz Gama, and they said, Science is like a game of chess, except you play it with billiard balls on a craps table. That is hard to imagine unless you are familiar with the scientific method. In yeah. which case, it's the easiest thing to imagine in the world. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FN, FM Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter. We are always posting new, uh, n- you know, new news events, new Eureka moments, new quotes by some revolutionary scientists and inventors. So make sure to follow us if you like all that stuff. And I believe we have other ways to get in contact with us too, Rowan. Uh, yes. Uh, if uh, you, listener, engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm or send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com where you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that same email which is once again awcyfm at gmail.com we you can also find us and this is one of the more recent ones tech brothers has teamed up with a few other entities out there so if you if you want to you can find us via any any podcast catching app um we have linked our uh our systems our uh, our escrow systems with uh, various other organizations so if you want to find us on really any podcast catching app you can just look up eureka cast and now on any of those any of those services and eureka cast is of course one word yeah and now is its own word its own sentence in itself uh so with that chicago allow us here at eureka cast now to grunt and groan pleasantly with the knowledge that you dear listener have been enriched Keep investing. Eggs in a multitude of baskets.